Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Well, here we are. We're back at it, uh, MEMSPA people in the Community of Principles podcast. I've got with us our first female guest in season five. So Carol Dawson is going to be joining us shortly. But as we get close to the uh, time with Carol, a couple of things. We are wrapping up 2021. And my goodness, we all thought that 2020 was going to be a doozy. And 2021, I think, has wiped us out again. But one thing I would like all of us to kind of just reflect and think about is what were some of the highlights, some of the things that we learned, some of the things that maybe helped us grow as people or individuals or educators during 2021? And then to also be thinking about what are we going to be doing for 2022? Maybe it's a resolution, maybe it's a goal, maybe it's a one word, but there's always ways that we can help ourselves grow and help our staff grow as well. So those are just some things to think about as we transition to Carol Dawson. Welcome, Carol. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Um, I am thrilled to have you on, and I got to see you last week as well at the MEMSPA conference. So um, first off, wasn't that a great conference? Yeah, it was awesome, Ben. I was just um, telling some other people today that it's kind of amazing that we were able to take those three days and go learn together as principals and there's nothing more powerful than being in a room with a bunch of people doing the same thing that you do to hear stories and to just kind of heal from your traumas and laugh about your, you know, crazy things that go on from day to day. So it was it was very, very, very joyful. Absolutely. And it's so often, so often being in the principal chair feels very isolating, kind of can feel like, you know, you're you're even even I'll even go as far as saying sometimes you feel lonely. But when you're in a room of 500 other principles, um, it does feel like you are surrounded by your community, which is what we're doing here, community of principles. Yeah, it was very, very um, healing, for sure. Wonderful. So Carol, since we got you on here, first off, could you just um, tell everybody a little bit about you? Where are you currently at and, and how'd you get there? Yeah, great. I'm happy to tell you. I'm uh, the proud principal of Grant Primary Center and Grant Elementary School in Grant, Michigan, which is about 40 minutes uh, north of Grand Rapids. Michigan. And so this is my 10th year in Grant. And prior to that, I was the principal of Holton Elementary for four years and then started my teaching career in Mona Shores for five years and then taught in Fremont for eight years. So this is, I guess, putting all those numbers together around 27 years or so. So yeah, that's been my journey. Well, not only not only 27 years and, and multiple um, administrative or leadership spots, but also you've been in several different parts of the state. Yeah, I've been in two different counties, I guess is what it amounts to. And so definitely seeing that crossover between a bigger county with Muskegon and a smaller county with Encerisa, Nuevo County. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of the resources and different things. So it's been neat to see how we can utilize resources around the state from that standpoint. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, let's just jump right in. We've got a handful of questions. The first one, what are two things most people don't know about Carol? Whew, yeah. I think <laughs> like I, I, you know, I knew the questions ahead of time because, you know, Ben prepared me for this, but <laughs> two things that I thought would be really relevant to share. And one of the things that we really talked about at Memspa last week was to to share your story. And I really brought that back home with me and already have been talking to teachers about 
Um, everybody has a story. You need to tell it. It's it's why you do what you do, right? It's what keeps you going. And it's really relevant to your work. And so I think back to my story of what brought me to this role really started when I was just a little girl. I was born of a teenage mom. You know, she was three days 16 when I was born. And she and my dad were teenagers raising me, a little girl. And I always say we grew up together. And by the grace of God, they are still together. And and we still have this great relationship. But back when I was school-aged and trying to figure out what that looked like for me and who I was as, you know, Carol Dawson, school was it for me. School was my safe place. And school was my routine. And it was where the adults in my life were that I really relied on. You know, that teacher figure for me was so, so important as I like, you know, my home life was just different. It was, it was a lot of chaos and a lot of two kids trying to figure out how to be grownups and to have a kid alongside them, figuring that out with them. I feel like I was part of their decision-making process a lot of times, right? Like, and so I think that really painted the picture for me going into this role. I saw what it was like to grow up in poverty. I saw what it looked like to have survival skills as a kid living in poverty and, you know, drug abuse and different things from parents that were young. And so it was my constant. My school day was my constant. And I think that that really shaped me to be a principal that understands a lot of different kids and families and to really be able to tell them, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And the other piece that goes along with that for me was then fast forward to I married my best friend. And in the past three years, as 40, mid 40 year olds, we adopted two kids. And so prior to that, I was never a mom. And so I had all this great advice for, <laughs> for other people. And I hadn't really experienced the mom side of it to myself. And so I tell people if I wrote a book now, it'd be true confessions of a know-it-all because I thought I knew everything. <laughs> and then I got Liam and Rebecca and I thought, oh, I actually don't know much. So let's figure this out. And so I think like that really has shaped my vision of what it looks like to actually be a parent at home raising kids and how difficult, you know, I used to say, well, just read one book a night. You know, that's so easy. Everybody can do that. And now I think like, oh, that is a challenge. If you are going to read one book a night, you are making a commitment to reading a book a night. And it's not an easy thing. And it is a challenge. And it's um, something that you have to work at to do. So, So those are the two things about me that I think are the shapers of who I am as a principal. First off, I mean, what a vulnerable testimonial. I, I just, that's fantastic, Carol. I guess I'm going to follow up though. At what age, because I'm assuming it was fairly young, did you know you wanted to be an educator? Yeah, I mean, I can remember, Ben, we like grew up early in a trailer and pulling the drawers out that were built into the bedroom that I shared with my sister and using those as like stairs and a locker. And I was the teacher to my younger sister, three years younger than I am, who who is actually a teacher as well. And so um, it was early. I can't remember when, but I was very young. Then that's when I decided that's my role for me. Those were my heroes. I could hear it. You know? I could hear it. I could hear it in your voice as you were sharing that story. And I love that. And you know, this is, it's on a bigger scale. This is part of what the community of principals is all about. Because, you know, what you just shared, adopting yourself and being the child of um, teenage parents, there is going to be somebody 
that connects to that. I promise you. And that's really what this is. The bigger purpose is to bring us all together and to be able to show and say, you know, we can support each other, not just through the educational lens, but the life lens. So I, I thank you again. That was a fantastic two things. And, and I already feel like I know you better. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's jump into question two. What is a current issue or something that you're dealing with? Yeah, I, I think like this really rang true at the conference last week with, and, you know, not just me, but mental health, you know, it's, it's really big. You know, I'm a principal of the K-4 population and I have, you know, students as young as second grade really talking about hurting themselves. And I think like where, you know, when did that happen? When did, when did that all come to be for us? And, you know, COVID has certainly played a huge role in that and poverty and, just the world in general. And I, you know, I was talking, Derek Wheaton, I was in one of his seminars last week and just really, you know, he said, what's one of the things that, that isn't over yet, you know, in this COVID pandemic. And my thought was really the thing that isn't over yet is the big divide that I think COVID has caused between people really not knowing, you know, like that, I don't want to say hatred, but kind of like that feeling of we're battling something that we weren't battling before. And whether that's politics or emotions or, um, you know, whatever lies in there, vaccines, it feels really like this tenuous culture that we're like struggling with knowing how to approach people. And I think that in and of itself breeds this really rough spot for kids with their mental health. You know, we spent the whole year last year having kids try to read our emotions with only being able to see the top third of our face. And that's hard. We use our facial expressions a lot in elementary to help kids recognize what we're trying to say. And so so mental health has really been an issue. And I, I don't even know how to necessarily talk about it more than that because we're still trying to figure out what it even looks like. But we know that it's an issue and we know that it's it's in the forefront of what we're dealing with. It is. And it's not just it's not just our students. It's also our staff. It's also ourselves. And so, I, you know, when you bring up mental health and and basically what I would press in is it's all the things. It's all the people. It's everybody's dealing with something. When I know we heard that at the conference from Tom Murray, um, which I thought was a fantastic message as well. And so I think, again, I mean, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. This is something that we'll probably be dealing with for a long time probably a long time, really, as simple as I can say it. Yeah. And I, I hope that we all are using each other to be smart about it and doing great things for kids as they work through it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question three, how about a victory in the last 12 months? Yeah. It's like tricky to think of that right now, right? Because you're so bogged down with all these things you're working through. But a solid victory for me is to really, I've really been focusing on positive affirmations. I like I uh, Google sheeted myself to hold myself accountable for it. And I've really been making a point to positively affirm at least two people every week, whether that's a student, a parent, um, a staff member, and to be specific about why I'm affirming them. We did some capturing kids' hearts training early on. And I just think like it's important for people to hear that I appreciate you and exactly why I appreciate you so that you know that it's not just this, you know, trite compliment but it's a real thing coming from a place in my heart. And so that's been great. It's been great. It's making me feel like I'm noticing things that I didn't notice before. And I know that the, the people that have been affirmed have appreciated that. 
And that's a good one. That's a really good one. So I'm sure that you probably are fully aware of the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife and I actually took the quiz and um, number one for me is words of affirmation. So you just kind of struck a chord right there because I was, I was nodding my head yes. But the w- word that you used that I think is so pivotal is specific. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you from, from my own lens, if I feel like I'm just being fluffed, it doesn't have nearly the same impact. So when you say positive affirmations, two per week, but then you use the word specific, I would say that's where you nailed it. Specific is what people really desire and what they need. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's uh, when you really make meaning out of it, right? Yep. Well, it's great. Well, Carol, we've got one last question. And this the theme of season five is hashtag you matter. And so we're going to bring it full circle with our final question is, what is one thing that Carol does for Carol to keep yourself at the forefront, to make sure you are taking care of yourself? That is a great question. It really forced me to think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I have been a firm believer my whole life that readers are leaders. You have to read to lead. And so, you know, like prior to COVID, I, I read professionally a lot and I would listen to books professionally a lot. And, you know, then lately we've been digging into things that we've never had to do before. And so I think that's cut into that time for me. And so one of the things I really, you know, wanted, I said, or the, one of the things that I really thought of that I do for me is to listen to books in the car that are just for pleasure. And that I have about a 20 minute commute. It helps me just to decompress at the end of the day. It helps me to still feel like I'm doing something that I love. And it's just for me. It's not for my professional growth. It's just to like, make Carol Dawson feel like I had a joyful book that I had completed and, um, you know, just did that in the time that I had on the way home. So let me ask you, as kind of a follow-up to that, does that allow you to be a better person at home? I really think that it does. You know, I shared the adoption story. So I have a four-year-old and six-year-old at home and they are immediately excited that mom's home. And so that time to decompress and just listen to a book help me kind of get out of school world, take a trip into that, you know, author's world that I was visiting, whoever mm-hmm. it is, John Grisham, Kristen Hanna, whomever, and then just be ready to leave school at school and get home and play a board game, read a book, do whatever Liam and Rebecca are ready to do and be fully present with them as well. Oh, well said, you know, transitioning from one spot to another, but also being able to to pour into your family is what I'm hearing too. So good good on you, Carol. I love the fact that you you have found something for you that helps you be the most present and be the most loving and caring when you get home. So good on you. And thanks for coming on. Join us on the Community of Principles podcast. It's been great having you. I have I feel like I have so you and I I couple different times. I know at the um, retreat up at Treetops, we crossed paths and then we crossed paths again up up at Traverse City. But this has been tremendous for me because I feel like I really know you a whole lot better now after hearing your story. So I just want to say thanks again for coming on, joining us and sharing your story and being vulnerable enough and having enough courage to put yourself out there. So thank you. You're very welcome. And I thank you, Ben, for putting this out there as well, because this has really prompted me to try to get to know more of my teammates out there in Michigan. And I've been listening to the podcast this season and it just really makes me feel like there's a place for me to connect. So thanks for doing the work above and beyond. And I know you found your niche in how you can, you know, make us feel more connected and 
I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's fantastic. I appreciate those kind words. And so with that, everybody, this is um, this is going to be episode number six. And it's our first female guest of the year. So Carol, good on you. I'm glad that you've uh, you've stepped up and, and took that on. I was I was really intrigued and really very hopeful that you were going to do this and you did. So thank you for that. And thank you for the story. And everybody else, as you listen to this, if there was something that, um, that Carol said that really kind of struck or something like that, please reach out to her. This is really what it's all about, connecting with one another and, and building that collaboration, building those connections and supporting one another through the good times and the bad times. So 2021 is wrapping up. Be thinking about how you are going to be the best you can be moving forward. And with that being said, thanks again, Carol, and have a great one. You do. Thank you. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.